as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As stewards of parkland, we recognize our duty to honor the Ohlone through thoughtful and informed preservation and interpretation of ancestral land. As uninvited guests, we affirm their sovereign rights as First Peoples and wish to pay our respects to the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatish community. Good morning and welcome to the Recreation and Park Commission meeting of July 20th, 2023. This meeting is being held in hybrid format with the meeting occurring in person in City Hall, room 416, with options to join and provide public comment both in person and remotely. We ask that you please turn off electronic devices and take any secondary conversations outside in order for the meeting to proceed as efficiently as possible. We ask listeners to turn down your televisions and or computers while listening on the phone. We ask for your patience if we experience any technical issues. Public comment will be available for each item on the agenda. Unless otherwise announced by the president, each person will have two minutes for public comment on each item. For each item, the commission will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person and then from people attending the meeting remotely. If you would like to speak on any item today, we request but do not require you to complete a blue card, which um, are over here on the table. For those, for those of you who would like to join the meeting remotely, you may view the meeting live on SFGovTV or via webinar using the link provided at the top of today's agenda. You may provide public comment remotely via our webinar by, or via phone by calling 415-655-0001 using today's access code, which is, my apologies, everybody. Today's access code, which is 2663-805-5032, and the webinar password is 0720. When you hear the agenda item you would like to comment on, call dial star 3 to be added to the queue to speak. You will be lined up in the system in the order you dial star 3. The system will notify you when you are in line and waiting, during which time the system will be silent. All callers will remain on mute until their line is open. Everyone must account for the time delays and speaking discrepancies between live coverage and streaming. Please address your comments to the commission during public comment on items. In order to allow equal time for all, neither the commission nor staff will respond to any questions during public comment. The commission may ask questions of staff after public comment is closed. If there is an item of interest to you that is not on the agenda and is under the subject matter jurisdiction of the commission, you may speak under general public comment. Alternatively, you may submit public comment in either of the following ways, by emailing recpark.commission at sfgov.org. If you submit public comment via email, it will be included in the legislative file as part of the matter. Written comments may also be sent via the U.S. Postal Service to San Francisco Recreation and Park Commission, 501 Stanyon Street, San Francisco, California, 94117. The following are short announcements for those of you joining us in person. If the fire alarms activate, you must evacuate the building in an orderly fashion using any exit. Please note that elevators will immediately return to the first floor and are not available for use. If you need assistance out of the building, please make your way to the closest area of refuge, which is directly across the hall in the men's restroom. Inside the restroom is a speaker box. Press it and City Hall security will answer. Let them know your location and they will assist you. Okay. We are now on item two, the president's report. And as a reminder, this meeting is recorded and will be available for later viewing on sfgovtv.org. Thank you, Ashley. Um, today is going to be a very full meeting. We're going to have mo moments of solemn and sadness, as well as moments of celebration. And we all intend to be very respectful here and to make sure everyone is remembered and everyone is honored. 
We have lost four brethren. We're going to have an opportunity to share about each of them. We have lost our fellow commissioner, Larry Griffin, our colleague in Reckon Park, Paul Naughton, a person important to Reckon Park, Zion Williams, and another colleague, Sean Porter. There will be several people that will talk about Larry Griffin. Phil is going to talk about Paul Naughton. I'm going to share about Zion and Sean. Is that all right, Phil? Okay. So, Ashley, is everyone that we were hoping might be here for Larry here? Y yes. Um, nobody from his immediate family is here, so it'll just be us today, but they have, uh, okay. they're watching. Okay. So, um, on our communications team, Ryan Kelly has put together a video remembrance about Larry. So, when we get an opportunity to have it queued up, which is that imminent now, Ashley? Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, please go ahead then, and we'll start with this. One second. I knew uh, Larry Griffin for over 40 years, uh, and uh, I knew him uh, when he was uh, active in the community, and I hadn't seen him in a number of years, and I was delighted when the mayor appointed him to the Rec and Park Commission. About Larry, uh, I said uh, to my wife, I said, but the sad part is we're going to be saying goodbye to a wonderful man, and she said, well, what was he like? And I mentioned just two words. He was a sweet man, and he was a gentle man. And she said, with those skills, he had it all. I'm a native San Franciscan, and I went to Roosevelt Junior High School right down the street. And I happened to learn how to swim at Rossi Pool. Not on the first try, but maybe on the second or third try. I welcome you all back to this classic pool. Good old Rossi, come on back. fascinating yesterday I had to go by the lodge to pick something up and there was a little confusion so I was outside for a little while and just the smell of the eucalyptus the smell of the redwood tree it just I don't know it just brought up old San Francisco to me so I just wanted to share that that's all that is a beautiful video Thank you, Ryan and team, for that. Um, we are going to adjourn.
thing. Yes. We are going to adjourn this meeting in um, Larry Griffin's honor. And each of the commissioners are going to speak if they would like. Phil will speak. And we also have a special candle celebration that Commissioner Louie has set up. So um, I'm going to reflect later on. So I'm going to move on and allow. I haven't had any requests to speak. Um, okay, Phil, go ahead. Um, uh, thank you, Commissioner Anderson. Obviously, uh, pretty hard to be here and uh, uh, to see Larry's chair empty. Um, uh, I'll offer a quick reflection, and then uh, Commissioner uh, Louie has asked me to share uh, a secular prayer for uh, to to recite before Commissioner Louie lights a, a candle in Commissioner Griffin's honor. Um, uh, I knew, I've known Commissioner Griffin for a long, 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 long time, and well before he was a commissioner. Uh, I used to be a labor negotiator, and Commissioner Griffin was very involved and active in labor negotiations. And um, <clears throat> in addition to being just, you know, a wonderful advocate for, for workers and <clears throat> for labor and, and really the honor of public service, um, I always used to see him out on the front steps of, of City Hall, and the thing that actually resonates most with me about Larry uh, is his belly laugh. Mm. Um, there was always a little quip or a little joke or a, hey, how are you? And immediately it was just a, you know, a chuckle turned into something that was you know, sort of deep in his kishkas. Uh, and uh, that laugh, uh, you know, it's, I guess it's been a... a a week or two since he's passed, um, I hear that laugh. Uh, and so that's how I choose to remember him. And then as a, as a commissioner, as I uh, w had the privilege of, of saying to, uh, uh, I think it was uh, to the Chronicle during, uh, for his obituary is, um, you know, it's been said that 90% of life is, is showing up. And uh, Larry always showed up for everything. And I think this, this commission uh, role really mattered to him. He had been on other, other commissions and had a lot of boards and had a lot of other uh, forms of public service. But it was very apparent to me, and I've been doing this for a long time and have met a lot of and seen and had a lot of colleagues, you know, a lot of commissioners have kind of rolled through this body. And uh, this deeply mattered to Larry. I mean, I think he just took a lot of pride. And I think that clip about talking about him growing up in San Francisco and Rossi Pool, where he learned to swim. I mean, uh, you know, it's often said that parks are about creating place. And what is place? Place is connecting the past uh, to the present and then the present to the future. And you could tell whether he was talking about the smell of eucalyptus being old time San Francisco or going into Rossi Pool for a ribbon cutting and thinking back to when he learned to swim, that this job, real, this commission appointment, this role was really a very, very, very deep part of him. And, you know, uh, you never know when your time is up, but it's almost poetic that he was able to serve in this role in the last part of his life because he could make those incredible connections about his childhood, about his growing up, uh, about wanting 
to make sure uh, that his wonderful experiences were available uh, for the next generation of kids. Um, all of that, uh, you, could, you, could, you could hear it when he spoke and the words that he used, you could, you could just see it. So this, this, I think, you know, that chair really mattered to him and he was a, a wonderful commissioner. Uh, and um, uh, Larry actually, was, Larry was also Jewish and uh, he and I uh, for a little while overlapped at the uh, same synagogue chair with Israel. And uh, when somebody passes in, in my faith, uh, we uh, uh, ask that uh, for, for those that are grieving his loss, uh, that his memory is a blessing for us always. That's what, that's what we say. Uh, we say, may your memory be, may Larry's memory be a, be, a, be a blessing for those who are grieving his loss always. And so when you think about him, or when I think about him, I'm going to think about that belly laugh, and I'm going to think about him smelling the eucalyptus trees and, and thinking about old time San Francisco and, you know, trying to imagine Larry uh, floundering in Rossi pool a little bit. Um, all, <laughs> all of those things are blessings to hold those memories dear. So, um, Commissioner Louie, if you were going to light the candle, so I'm going to uh, read a little prayer as we light this candle. May this memorial serve as our way to honor and pay tribute to the life of San Francisco Recreation and Park Commissioner Larry Griffin. Larry, you will be greatly missed and never forgotten. It also symbolizes the continuation of the life of Larry in spirit and serves as a reminder that the memory of the loved and beloved Larry Griffin will live on in our hearts, our minds, and our work forever. Thank you, Madam Vice President. Thank you. Commissioner Jupiter Jones. Okay, now, or is it more appropriate to speak? You can now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's surely so many wonderful things to be said and that we will hear today about Larry, but I just really want to reflect on how much he loved this city. He loved his city. And while I can't help but feel like our time working together and the time that I got to spend and learn from him was cut short, um, just reflecting on what you shared, Phil, of his memory as a blessing. And I learned so much from him just in that short time about how to care deeply and passionately about everyone in this city. And he taught me to consider always everyone. And I, I will hold that that part of him and that legacy with me as you know, I continue to do all this work and continue to work on behalf of the city that we all love so much. So I'm really grateful for that time. And he will be missed, but he will be with us. Indeed. Thank you, Commissioner. <clears throat> Commissioner Hallisey. I first met Larry in the fall of uh, 2021 when he was appointed to the commission. Um, we began as, as colleagues, but then became friends. And anybody that knew Larry for any length of time knows that, that it was very easy to be friends with him. Um, I brought him to a USF game uh, at the end of February, this past February. Uh, he lived within walking distance of the campus 
and um, he enjoyed it so much he purchased season tickets for this coming year. We spoke often over the past six weeks after Larry became ill, and he told me a few weeks ago that he said, Joe, I'm going to have to step down from the commission. And I said, Larry, please, I said, don't, please don't do that. We have a, a, a very soft schedule in the month of July. We're wide open for August. We're not going to really kick it into high gear again until September. So just hang in there and you'll beat this thing and you'll, you know, you, you got to stay with us. And I said, please do me one favor, though. Please let me know when you're about to step down because I want to talk to you and I want to talk you out of it. And, um, but as Phil said, the commission is, isn't just about meetings, committee meetings, full commission meetings. It's about public events. And he hated to miss anything, any event. Where, where the reopening of a park uh, was really high on his list, but any other get-together where he could represent the commission, Larry was there. And the only reason he decided that maybe he was going to have to step down was because of the type of man he was, the type of character he had, the worker that he was. If he wasn't doing something 100%, he thought it best to pass it on to somebody else. Um, I'll leave you with one other quick story about Larry. Larry sat next to me here, to my left. Um, and from time to time, I wear loud socks. <laughs> and the first time Larry saw these socks, he asked me, are you wearing those so that I don't fall asleep during the meetings? <laughs> <laughs> and we just had a running gag with that. Um, but this man, I, I would say this was a great man. That's the way I look at him. And he was a great San Franciscan. So thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Hallisey. Commissioner Louie. Uh, you know, this Larry Griffin was just, he was a, a man that was bigger than life itself. And, um, you know, we all on this commission, we're very just fortunate. And I think he's left us with a, a message for each other to, you know, anybody that you work with, anybody in the department, General Manager Ginsburg, all of you, you know, Make sure that you take the time and Ashley to say thank you. You know, thank you for your service. You know, it's not like this is a role. This is an appointment. And um, why it's so difficult for us on this particular commission, there are so over hundreds of commissions in San Francisco. You know, the Rec and Park Department gets to um, together as a community do wonderful projects to beautify all of San Francisco. And we might meet once a month, we might meet on our committee, but we meet sometimes 10 or you know, 15 times during the month at a park, at an open space, 
where we get to pay tribute and respect to the department and to beautify San Francisco and to the community. The, I know we have a lot of things to cover on our agenda today, but the, the point of the loss of Larry Griffin on this particular commission is exactly what Phil says. May his memory be a blessing. Um, I particularly had a, um, we were appointed by the mayor on the same day. We went through rules on the same day. We were sworn in on the same day. Um, we had a party at Harborview in Embarcadero the same night. So we became fast brother and sister. Larry never saw color. He treated everybody fair, nice, and the same. He always had equity in mind. He always had the residents of San Francisco in mind, the voters of San Francisco, and that's how he saw things for all of us. So it is a really great loss. We will continue to lose people that we care about, even in our own family, but there's some people that you have on one hand that will stay a memory, and Larry Griffin is one of them. Thank you, Commissioner Louie. And we also have a tribute from Commissioner Mazzola, Jr. Ashley? So Commissioner Mazzola asked me to read this for him. I am proud to say that Larry Griffin was a friend of mine and an outstanding person. I have always known Larry to want to help anyone he could. In the labor movement, he dedicated his life to helping people and workers. Larry had a heart of gold, and I was always excited to be around him. We always joked about being the only commissioner, only commission to have two Larrys. I will have nothing but happy and fond memories of a man that I looked up to and feel so lucky to have worked with him in labor and on this commission. He was supportive of all things labor and all things San Francisco. He loved the city and its parks. I will miss him, but always remember him as a class act and a great man. Um, and I know the vice president wants to say something, but if it's okay, I'd like to just share um, a little bit about um, my relationship with um, Commissioner Griffin briefly. Um, when the mayor appoints a new commissioner, I um, it affects my job very, very much because I interact with all of you every day. And so the first thing I do is I Google them. <laughs> um, and uh, I didn't know Commissioner Louie or Commissioner Griffin, but when I Googled him, I was like, oh, I know that guy. Um, because I had worked in City Hall for so long, and like Philly, like Philly said, like Phil said, um, he had a belly laugh. And so I remember uh, him all around City Hall talking to people, that, that big laugh. And um, I was like, yeah, I know that guy. And when we finally met, he knew me too because um, he loved cats, which when a grown man loves cats, it really just touches me. Um, and we used to have an event in our office called 12 Days of Kittens, and he would come and pet the kittens, and he just loved he loved cats, and his cat Max passed away earlier this year, and he would talk to me about Max, and we talked about adopting a new cat, and um, he called me every day, um, so when he stopped calling me, I knew you know something was wrong, but he called me every single day for the most part, um, and one of the things that meant a lot to me was that he asked me questions about what I thought about things, things that were coming before the commission. He asked my opinion, and that meant a lot to me, um, probably more than he would ever know. Um, the other thing I wanted to say on his behalf um, is that he really loved being part of the Black Men's Affinity Group. Um, 
he started going on his own. He saw the meetings um, in our in our staff newsletter, and he put them on his own calendar. And he went every month to the Black Men's Affinity Group, and he just loved going. And he felt so honored to be part of that group of men. Um, and he was so proud that our department was so far ahead of the other departments in that work. And he talked about it to me all the time. And so I just want everyone in that group to know how much it really meant to him on a very, very deep level. Um, and then I'll just leave you with this, which is, uh, you know, a hawk landed on his balcony and he took a picture of it and he sent it to me and he was just so bowled over by this. Um, and he noticed those little things. And I think that's a really special um, part of his character is that he noticed the little things like the smell of eucalyptus or a hawk on his balcony. So thank you for letting me speak. That was lovely, Ashley. Thank you. I'd like to say a couple of things. Um, I can't remember a time when I didn't know Larry. Um, I was also a, a, a union member and a union leader at the Pacific Media Workers Guild, which is the union for journalists and photojournalists at the Chronicle and other papers. Um, and also very involved in Democratic Party politics. And so I would go to the Martin Luther King labor breakfast. And you could hear Larry before you even walked into the room. His laughter was boisterous and loud and contagious. Um, and I would often just sort of orbit near him just to sort of suck up some of that energy that he put out there. Um, he was someone that that we could count on in the labor movement to do the right thing. So yeah, when you met him, you felt like you already knew him. Um, he taught me that the secret to happiness was to be open and adventuresome, determined, and willing to be taught at any time. So for example, uh, one of the last activities I did with Larry was when we were invited to the lawn bowling center and the 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 lawn bowling club members taught us how to lawn bowl. And because Larry needed to use his cane, they actually said, well, we have a special um, piece of equipment for you. And it was sort of this stick with a sling. And they were teaching him how to kind of swing that thing. And, and man, he mastered that right away. And I thought, this is great. And then I turned away, and I looked back. And there's Larry back on the ground, feet up in the air. <laughs> now, he'd fallen. And I thought it was a really good fall. You know, he didn't hurt himself. <laughs> but he just got right back up and went back to it and, like, beat all the guys that taught him how to lawn bowl that day. Um, he has such verve. Um, this is the way we should all be, you know. He was ageless. Um, and that has a lot to do with it, I think. Um, I also had a lot of respect for Larry because he um, had no problem speaking his mind. Um, he's a very direct person, as am I, and um, sometimes we'd get little snippet with each other. Never lasted very long. Um, one time he said something, I don't know what it was, but I think he could tell I was a little bit perturbed. So he called me later. And he, he wanted to have a further discussion, and he really asked a lot of questions to try to understand exactly where I was coming from. And I was able to talk with him about where he was coming from. And we agreed to disagree. But I tell you, I had so much respect for that. 
And I just want to say, too, in this day and age and cancel culture and all that kind of stuff, I really want to commend everybody and, and, and get you to think about that. If you disagree with someone, don't fight with them in the open forum. Go and call them and have a conversation and see if there's common ground because there usually is common ground and you can at least learn something. You like you really shouldn't pretend to think you know everything, you know, because you don't. And Larry was real good at sort of demonstrating that important life lesson and following up with folks and making sure nothing festered. And I so respected him for that. I can't tell you. Um, I just want to make sure I... The other theme about Larry... (laughs) His baseline was to get along. His baseline was to get to know. His baseline was to love. Again, something I I really, really respect. It takes a lot of courage to swim upstream. And Larry had to do that a lot. He had his physical challenges. He often was the voice of the disabled and the seniors on the commission. Um, he really, really wrestled with the whole um, decision around JFK Promenade. It was agonizing for him. In the end, he did what he felt was right, and he always did what he felt was right. Um, so I just want to thank you, Larry, for everything that you showed us. All right, the next person um, that we would like to pay tribute to is our Rec Park colleague Paul Naughton, and Phil has a few things to say. Sure. Uh, thank you, Commissioner. Uh, there are probably some people in this room that I actually am looking out at that uh, knew Paul a lot better than I did. But the way I would um, start to talk about Paul is with a, a, a very quick story about uh, I, it, there was a fire drill in City Hall, and I was uh, outside in Civic Center and gathered around a bunch of folks from the from the sunset, some old-time San Franciscans, and someone asked me where I went to school, and I told the group where I went to college. And after that, uh, it was actually Greg Sir, who was then the police chief, pulled me aside and said, Bill, <laughs> no one around here really cares where you went to college. The question was, where'd you go to high school? And I realized at that moment that I was not a native San Franciscan. (laughs) Paul was. Uh, Paul grew up in the sunset. Uh, I think there are, again, a big handful of people here that grew up with him, that knew him. Uh, He worked for the Rec and Park Department for 20 years. He loved this job. Uh, He went to O'Connell, by the way. That's where Paul went to school. (laughs) Uh, And he was beloved part of the sort of magical fabric that is this city. This city has always been uh, old and new. Uh, What has been and what will be is uh, San Francisco's story. And sometimes there are those those tensions compete, uh, but those multi-generational San Francisco families that grew up here, parents grew up here, their kids grew up here, they'll never leave here, is what makes this uh, city very special. And Paul was one of those people. He was beloved in our department. 
Uh, he was an active member of Local 261, uh, beloved in the labor union, took so much pride in his work. Uh, and it was uh, really sweet to learn about him um, a little bit more at the William Hammond Hall Awards that we just held last week uh, to watch Commissioner Mazzola, Vince Courtney, a handful of William Hammond Hall Award-winning gardeners all get up and say, not only did I work with Paul, but like, you should see what we did in middle school. Like, you know, Paul was a very much a, a, a deep part of the fabric of the city. Uh, again, spent two generations working in our parks uh, at, at a time when I hope we all agree, despite some of our value differences about our parks, uh, that our, our parks are something that are, are doing, our parks are doing pretty well in the city at a time when there are some other pillars and silos that are struggling, and it's because of hardworking people like Paul. And uh, those who knew him, who you know, went to middle, uh, elementary school, middle school, high school, uh, those who worked closely with him, his kids, his family members, his dear friends in the, in the sunset and at O'Connell, um, you all are, are grieving in a way that I uh, uh, you know, don't, can't tap into. And so I wanted uh, to express my deepest sympathies for all of you and say we were very proud to have Paul is a member of the Recreation and Park Department. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. Um, the next person that we would like to honor is um, a community advocate named Zion Williams. I think family may be in attendance. Grandmother Betty Ricks, um, Mother Charmaine Williams, and Father Travell Gaines. And um, okay, I'm going to call a couple people up here in just a second. Um, Zion was a 20-year-old uh, wonderful skateboarder. He passed away on June 19th. And even though he was blinded in both eyes after being shot in 2021, he continued to pursue his passion of skateboarding and inspiring those around him. He was regularly seen at the skate park on Waller Street in Golden Gate Park, where he was part of the community that pushed for the improvements to the park alongside the Recreation and Parks Department. Um, I would love to call up, um, I have um, Betty Ricks and Liz Jackson and you, Liz Jackson Simpson, if you uh, ladies would like to come up together, that's fine. And okay. please introduce yourself and we would love to hear from you. Good morning, my name is Betty Ricks. I am Zion's grandmother. Thank you for and coming. My name is Liz Jackson Simpson. I'm the CEO of Success Centers and very close friend to Miss Betty Ricks and remember when Zion was born. Okay. Um, we're also, again, daughters of San Francisco, born and raised in the Haight-Ashbury. Um, and so, and I knew Larry very well, so shocked and glad to be here today. So thank you all for honoring everybody today. Um, as you read, um, Zion was a phenom um, since he was born. Um, not only was he a master skateboarder, but a master drummer as well. Oh, wow. And um, like often played in the community and in church. And it was like everything he endeavored to do, he mastered it just beyond even human understanding. And um, it, we would like to, you know, I'm glad. Thank you, Ashley. <laughs> we were really shocked to know and get the quick response that we did. Um, and the apple doesn't fall far from the tree as part of our nonprofit. Miss Betty has been helping us um, work with the young ladies up, and we work closely with the du 
juvenile hall and juvenile detention facility, and we've been colleagues for over 30 years, um, as with Larry, because we do workforce development as well, too. So it's just a phenomenal day. So I want to just turn my time over to Ms. Betty. Um, and whatever we can do to figure out how to dedicate that skate park he worked so hard for, count me in. Thank you. Um, first, give an honor to God, who's the head of my life. And I also want to honor his parents, um, Charmaine Williams and Travell Gaines. My, the subject I'm here for is to request this, rename this skate park to maybe Zion Skate Park. Dear honorable members of City Hall, I hope this letter finds you in good health and spirits. I'm writing to you as a citizen and an active community member in San Francisco. I would like to bring your attention to the remarkable life of an ultimate passing of Zion W.R. Gaines, a beloved citizen of our city and a matter of great importance regarding renaming the Waller City Park to Zion's Skate Park. Zion, a cherished citizen of San Francisco and a shining example of resilience and determination, tragically lost his sight in 2021 due to a senseless act of violence. Despite this adversary, Zion displayed immense courage and perseverance in pursuing his dreams as a professional skateboarder. He became a fixture in the skateboarding community, spending countless hours at San Francisco skate parks, especially that Waller Park. Zion's dedication to skateboarding extended beyond his personal achievements. He actively served on the San Francisco Recreation and Parks Committee and advocated for recent improvements to the Waller Street Skate Park, contributing to his transformation into a vibrant and inclusive space for skateboarders of all ages and skill levels. Zion's commitment was further recognized during the ribbon cutting ceremony where he displayed a significant role. It is with deep sadness that I inform you of the ultimately passing of Zion on June 19, 2023. His departure has left a void in the hearts of many. And we believe that renaming the Walter Street City Park to Zion Skate Park or dedicating a portion of the skate park in his honor would be a fitting way to remember his unwavering spirit invaluable contributions and lasting impact on the skateboarding in San Francisco communities. By renaming Walter Street Skate Park we, to Zion Skate Park, we may only pay tribute to Zion's legacy, but also establish a symbol of hope, perseverance, and inclusivity within our city. This dis dedication would serve as a lasting reminder of the impact of gun violence and the importance of promoting peaceful communities. Moreover, dedicating the specific portion of the park would ensure that his memory lives on and continues to inspire future generations. Could you finish? Right generations of skateboarders, as well as individuals with disabilities. It would be a celebration of Zion's determination and statement to the power of the human spirit. I understand that renaming a public space is a significant decision, and the process involves careful consideration and community engagement. I, along with many others in the skateboard community, and we have many other people here today, the San Francisco community, family and friends, would be more than willing 
to actively participate in any discussions or meetings regarding this proposal. We are eager to contribute to the process and ensure that Zion's legacy is appropriately honored. I kindly request your support and guidance in pursuing this initiative. I believe that renaming the park to Zion Skate Park will not only be fitting of you, but also embody the spirit of unity and inclusivity that San Francisco strives to promote. Thank you for your attention to this matter. I look forward to the opportunity to discuss this proposal further and work together towards creating a lasting legacy for Zion WR Games within our city. Thank you. And I also have a binder for you that his mother made. Oh, Okay. thank you. Okay. We would love to see that. Thank you so much. We really appreciate our fellow San Franciscans and our community advocates. We would also like to remember and honor Sean Porter, who was a recreation facility assistant who passed away on July 16th. Sean worked in the cultural arts since 2016. He was most recently appointed as a facility assistant at Sharon Art Studio. He also worked as a facility assistant at the Senior Center, Mission Arts Center, and Harvey Milk Photo Center. Sean loved music and was a beloved figure in the Bay Area electronic music scene and beyond. He was also a 3279 recreation leader who shared his passion for music with children and adults as an instructor at Digital Sound Arts, Albaton, and was excited to teach new synthesizer and beat making classes in the fall. He worked at our community hubs assisting with distance learning at Minnie and Levy Ward, Joe Lee, and Mission Arts Center. He was always willing to lend a helping hand, troubleshooting our audiovisual needs, setting up for events, or face painting for Halloween. His kindness and generosity will be missed. And if that is um, it's okay with everybody, we're going to move on. Um, I don't have anything else to add in the president's report. Seeing that the president's report is complete, um, we did already hear from the two folks who filled out a blue card. Is there anyone else who has public comment on the president's report? Okay, is there anyone on our WebEx with their hands raised? We have okay. somebody in the back that oh. is raising a hand. Oh yeah, if you have a comment, please just come on forward. Yeah, just come on. And we have no hands raised on our WebEx, so just folks in person. Thank you, we'd love to hear from you, go ahead. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I'm Charmaine Williams, um, I'm Zion's mom. Uh, it was hard for me to come today, but after hearing about Larry, which I never met, um, so my condolences go out to you guys. As far as even though we're here discussing the matter about, you know, Zion, um, I want, it was a few things you guys said that I feel like I was led to point out about Larry that brought up stuff for me about Zion. Even though they never met two different spectrum of people, um, but how you guys mentioned about Larry being loving San Francisco. And Zion, 
for whatever reason, he always loved San Francisco. He was born in San Francisco, but he spent half of his life in New York. But he would come visit my mom, he'd come visit his dad, you know, on the summer vacations. And it was something always about San Francisco for him. I don't know what it was. And I grew up in San Francisco. I grew up in the 80s, though. So I was ready to get out of here <laughs> after I finished college, to be honest. So I have a whole nother spectrum on San Francisco. But it's kind of like Phil said, it's a place you can't stay away from, like no matter what. And so it was like, I came, came back, came back with family. But when we came back, Zion was so happy. Like, it was just like his heart, I, like I get it now, it's something about a San Francisco heart that you have. And it's something that always drew him near and the fact that he was a skateboarder, he knew everything about the city. It was amazing, like I even, his friends are here today also and his aunt and his dad, and so it's a couple of us in the audience. But what I learned about him being a skater, he knew, he could be Google's map for San Francisco because it gave an opportunity to go <laughs> everywhere and to be everywhere. But then I had to realize our journey, it was all to be here, end up here. And I know everybody has an end point, you know, and I know he was young when he passed and the way he passed is still to me like dignity. It's still, he left a legacy, he left a mark, you know, and Phil, this is my first time seeing Phil, but we have email exchange all the time about Zion and, it was Park and Rec that, you know, wanted to include him in Park and Rec, and it was getting ready to be hired. I think he was going to start working the following week before he passed to work at Wallard's, you know, to be assistant with the skate, the young skateboarders. And so he had all these things that he was involved in with Waller, but I want you guys to know how important Waller was to Zion from day to day. He woke up every day. His first lesson when he was going to um, uh, Lighthouse Blind School, his first mission, he asked the teacher to show him how to get um, bus route to Waller. That was his first mission. Like, out of all things, to get anywhere, it was like, how do I learn how to catch the bus from wherever I'm at to get to Waller? So whatever Waller had, it was a piece for him there. I don't know what it is, but to me, just being his mom and seeing him every day get up, and he practiced, and he got to a point he was independent. He was able to leave home by himself, get on the bus, and we'll watch always from a distance. He wouldn't think we were there, but we always was there watching. And he was all, I did it by myself. Yeah, you did. You thought you did, but you know, at the end of the day, it's anything to encourage him, but I really want to really tell you guys how important Waller was for him, and it'd be days he'd just sit there. It wouldn't even be about skating. It'd be like being among the other skaters, meeting his friends there, or waiting for them to get off work, and like he'd make a joke. I don't have a job now, so I could just wait for you guys at Waller, you know, <laughs> until he was offered a job, you know, to be working at Park and Rec. So it's, it's, it's not just Waller, it's also Park and Rec. I feel you guys also gave him a second wind as far as wanting to be motivated to keep going in his blindness. And Zion was real resilient. That's always how he's been. Like how you guys said with Larry, like he, he, he spoke his mind, very direct, but he also knew how to communicate, like how you said. He taught me that even as a mom. Like if you have a difference, you still can talk it out, you know, and so when you guys said little things, it just jogged things. And then socks. Zion loves socks. He's out of control. <laughs> he loves colored socks. So he would have had you stressed with the socks. So, so me being here today was just to kind of sit and let my mom and my auntie take the lead. But as I was hearing your guys' tears, it's like I felt it. I'm drawn to it. And it was like, let me go let you guys know that it's, if it wasn't for Parker Rec and if it wasn't for Waller, I don't think Z, it, 
he wouldn't have made it as far as far as being positive because he felt I always got turned it on. Anytime somebody's talking to me, let me let him know. I, I, I've been shy, but I made it through. And look at me. So it was like he always had, anytime he had an opportunity, he always made sure he said that, you know? And so just it's just his character already. And now I kind of understand the journey of his life. It makes sense just because it was short-lived, but at the same time, it was so positive, and it brought so many people together, all ages, and all denominations, and all race and creed, it didn't matter. And Zion was like that. And I think, too, living in New York, you have so many minorities. So it's like he never seemed, like I said, didn't see color. And he didn't. And it's just, to me, I was like, that's a real San Francisco person. So like I had to get up and just kind of let you guys know that, like, listening in it, all because of Larry, don't even know Larry, and it just brought up <laughs> all this stuff for me. So I just kind of want to let you guys know, um, Zion, it, him in San Francisco, and while it was like, he, I, ha I have to stay here now, no matter what, because it's like, this is where he's always going to be. If he had a choice to be anywhere, if his spirit could flow anywhere, it would be here. And um, thank you guys. I just want to let you guys know that. And sorry, I didn't fill out the blue card. It's okay. I wasn't going to talk. <laughs> it's all right. So, um, um, is it okay if one of his friends had came up and spoke at this time? Yeah, of course. Okay, thank you. And before you leave, Miss Williams, okay. as a mother, I just want to thank you for being here. That was so courageous of you. I don't know if I could speak when I lost my boy, if I lost my boy. So thank you for being here and know thank that you. we really honor your son. Yes. And, and one little has uh, been a bright light. One little magical um, postscript. Larry mm -hmm. and Zion did meet. They did? At the Waller Skate opening. Oh, I didn't know. I was there didn't know. Really? Wow. They already crossed paths. So they're hanging out right now. I just want to let y'all yeah. know. <laughs> they for sure hanging out. He's teaching Larry Larry's, Larry's asking. Like, you know, uh, you know, so. He's Larry, Larry's asking to Zion to teach him to skate. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and to teach him to drum because Larry was a lot of things. Rhythmic, I'm not sure, was one of them. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and Zion, and he, he loved to drum. And he didn't even, like, he just, like, self-taught. It was just something. And he loves old school music. So he had an old soul. Yeah. So I know him and Larry right now are talking about different songs because Zion is way past his age for the most part. But thank you, guys. Thank you for bringing him to life for okay. us today. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, uh, Commissioner Louie and then Phil. Mm -hmm. um, I, don't. Mm -hmm. I think uh, Commissioner Anderson said it. Um, you know, we're, there's a lot of mothers in this room. Yes. And so thank you for for coming up and speaking, not just about Zion, about just about his life, and for in giving us the hope and inspiration mm -hmm. and um, what Zion meant to you and your family. So, I mean, it takes a lot. Yeah. But we're all moms, too. Right. You know, it's not an easy job. Our only boy. No. And, you know, for what happened to him in 2021, and he said, you know, he would tell you, Mom, I did this, I mm. did that. You know, that shit, that inspires all of us. Yes. So we want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. <clears throat> if, anyone else would, if anyone else would like to speak coming up, I will be starting the timer, though, only because our agenda is so very, very long today. Um, so there's a little timer on the front. You'll have two minutes but the chair is always allowed to extend that if she so chooses. I just wanted to say, may light perpetual shine upon them, all of our fallen colleagues. <clears throat> Anyone else want to speak? Okay. 
Seeing none, I'm going to close public comment and we'll move on to the general manager's report. There is another portion of general public comment later in the agenda. Thank you everyone for coming this morning. Ashley? Oh, what? Oh, come on up. Yeah, if there's others that want to come on up, just Don't maybe li line just, up against the wall here because I can't. S you're all sitting in this spot that it's completely out yeah. of my view. So when you start to stand, I can't see you. Come on up. Welcome. Thank you. Um, my name is Matthew Madden. Uh, I met Zion through skateboarding. He was a uh, very close friend of mine. Um, you know, although younger than me, someone I truly looked up to. I know all of us in the back, you know, us skaters are not, you know, very good at this talking stuff, but <laughs> um, he was very inspirational to all of us. And we would frequently say he was the glue that kept all of our friendships together. Um, he was someone you could confide to, someone that would motivate you, and uh, truly want you to be the best version of yourself. <clears throat> you know, Zion, he is, um, I frequently tell uh, the rest of our friends, he's, he is skateboarding, you know? Um, and we've always said it's more than a board, you know? Although it's this piece of wood that, you know, unites us and brings us all together, the friendships and memories and experiences we made together through all of our adventures, our little quirky inside jokes. Um, you know, he was just really the best to ever do it. And I don't think you meet too many people like Zion in a lifetime. And I think we're all very honored to be a part of uh, not only his skateboard journey, but everything he's ever done with, you know, his grip tape company, wanting to, you know, make sure that we're all taken care of. Um, he's just a very sweet, sweet man, and we're, we are all trying our best every day to honor him through skateboarding, um, through staying together, and just really wanting to, you know, keep his memory alive. We all love him and miss him dearly. He's the best to ever do it. Hey, Thank you. Matthew. Thank you so much. Anytime you speak from the heart, mm -hmm. it's a winner. Yeah. Very well done. You're blowing us away. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, guys. Anyone else hiding back there that wants to come up? Okay. And when we are finished hearing from our guests, Commissioner Jupiter Jones would like to speak. Um, thank you. Um, I just, I feel like, you know, something that touched my heart. So growing up in San Francisco, growing up around skateboarders, um, I just, you know, want to acknowledge that a lot of times skateboarders and skateboarding is still something that's seen as a criminal activity. And I want us to just remember this moment and what you said, Matthew, about Z that Zion is skateboarding and this positive and this light, um, just to remember that because skate parks are part of our skate system, right? Or excuse me, are part of our park system. Skateboarding is a recreation activity. This is all within our responsibility to make sure that we're protecting, advocating for, and we're still seeing instances where our young skateboarders are, you know, are criminalized, are met not with welcoming arms, 
Um, and I just really want us to remember that when, when these things come before our commission is we, we remember Zion, we remember how we feel today, we remember that positivity when we're making these decisions. Well, I sometimes, no. I have always felt that when we lose someone, the world should stop and grieve with us. It just doesn't seem fair sometimes that cars are going by and birds are flying overhead and you can hear people out. I just feel like the world should stop and grieve with us. So I'm just going to take a moment to collect myself. But we do have to continue on with the business of the commission. So, Ashley, just give us a couple seconds and then... Um, do your thing. <laughs> well, I think we did just that today. I think we stopped and grieved together. So with that, we'll move on to what is usually a very cheerful general manager's report. <laughs> right. We're going to turn the page. And here's how we're going to turn it. All four people that were honored today that we lost love parks. And uh, they would definitely, definitely want us celebrating the good things that are happening in, in our parks, the exciting things that are happening in our parks. So that's what we're, that's what we're going to do now. And I actually am going to start with skateboarding. I'm going to go off script a little bit. Um, so for this crowd, because we've, we've got a moment, I want to share with you the department's intentions to create uh, what we think could seriously be uh, one of the, the one of the city's best new urban skate plazas at UN Plaza, and uh, our intention, uh, and we are gonna we are hoping to to start construction soon, working with Deluxe and Thrasher and all of you and some of the skateboard leaders is to take some of the really best elements that uh, have been illegally skated in San Francisco skate culture over decades. <laughs> and make them legal and put them in UN Plaza, improving the skate service so that you all can skate there with City Hall in the background. <laughs> and you can help do something that's important for our city. You know the story, right? We have what I refer to as negative placemaking happening now in UN Plaza with some really unhealthy activity and illegal activity. And we want to take something, San Francisco is known around the world as being the best city for urban skating almost anywhere. It is a destination. And I've learned a lot about this over the course of my job. And we want to, rather than you know, keep that, instead of keeping that underground, we want to celebrate San Francisco's skate history. We want to tell those stories. And we want to do it at UN Plaza, where we're asking all of you to help us steward that place so that people want to come and watch. People want to come uh, and create the community that, that Matthew, you, you talked about so eloquently. People can grab a bite to eat. And if you're not a skater, you'll be able to play some chess, maybe get some exercise on some fitness equipment, uh, maybe play ping pong or tech ball. I'll tell you what that is later. Uh, uh, but we want to create a space that honors San Francisco skating com uh, community. More to come. You've read a little bit about it in the papers. We have our project manager over there, our hero, Dan Maurer. Um, but this is a big deal, and I'm inviting all of you to um, help steward that space and do something special for San Francisco, okay? All right, next item. Uh, the William Hammond Hall Awards. 
Uh, last week, commissioners, we held the 15th annual William Hammond Hall Employee Award Ceremony at Harding Park, recognizing 12 Rec and Park employees who share uh, William Hammond Hall's vision, dedication, and commitment to the city's parks. Uh, the employees were nominated by their peers for their excellence and hard work. Uh, the winners were congratulated by uh, Commissioner Jupiter Jones. You were on uh, uh, very important things in your own right, but um, uh, Vice Chair Anderson and Commissioners Hallisey and Louie were there along with uh, President Buell. Uh, we also had our mayor and our city attorney, David Chu, and a bunch of union leaders, and it was just, uh, it was such an inspirational moment. So also, you young folks in the room, come work for us. Zion was about to. Come work for us. It's a cool place to work. Uh, so a special thanks to the event co-sponsors, uh, Layuna, Local 261, uh, UA Local 38 Plumbers, Steam Fitters, uh, and uh, San Francisco Building and Construction Trades, and uh, uh, hearty, hearty congrats to our, to our winners. Uh, you can see their names and their pictures and their stories in our e-news, which I know you all sign up for and get weekly. All right, uh, yesterday we held our annual summer play day at Bayview Casey Jones Playground and MLK Pool. Uh, I, uh, when I was there, I, I didn't get a chance to see uh, any- Good morning. Oh, great, yeah. thank you, Commissioner Hallisey. Fantastic. Uh, we didn't overlap, I was there with Supervisor Walton. Uh, it was off the hook. It was so fantastic. I think we had over a thousand people there and we did something different this year. We usually, this is a big carnival with rides and games and all our staff is out there doing activities. You could play football, you could do archery, uh, you could climb up a mobile rock wall, you could sing, dance, rap. You, there was, you got free food, it was fantastic. And this year, and historically we've done this for all, of, all the kids in our summer camps, we bring them all to the carnival space. This year we actually opened it up to community, so we had families there that, with kids that nece weren't necessarily in our camps. Uh, we, had, uh, the, we partnered with the Bayview Y and the Boys and Girls Club. MLK Pool was open, there were people swimming and doing stand-up uh, paddleboard and kayaking in the pool. And it was fantastic. So a big, big, big uh, hearty congrats to our, our, our rec team led by our amazing superintendent, Nick Williams, assistant superintendent, Anne-Marie Donnelly, uh, our other uh, uh, senior leaders in rec, Jimmy Chin, Jackie Battle, Linda Barnard. Uh, and then of course we had great help from our operations team, including our uh, operations Director Denny Kern, our Superintendent Eric Anderson, Daniel Choi, who's the PSA manager in the area, Darren Tyson, who's the site supervisor, a lot of volunteers. Our partnership division was out there flipping burgers. Uh, our newest uh, member of our partnership team, Tamar Barlev, was, uh, was uh, at the archery stand. It was all just really fun and lovely and, uh, uh, you know, the best of what, what parks can be. So um, really, really, really fun event. All right. Uh, okay, I got some uh, props and some costumes. I'm gonna put on my Rec and Park soccer scarf because the Women's World Cup is here. Uh, it kicks off today. In fact, Australia and New Zealand, the host countries, already won this morning. They were underdogs, but they're playing at home and they were fired up. Both those teams won their opening matches and tomorrow, our United States women play against Vietnam. So come join us. Maybe you get a scarf. Uh, join us along with Street Soccer USA, the SF San Francisco Parks Alliance, and our newest professional sports team, Bay FC, uh, at 6 p.m. at the Crossing. That's at East Cut. That's downtown. The Crossing, East Cut. It's like First and Beale, right around there. 
uh, to watch our first match as the U.S. women take on Vietnam. Then next Wednesday, the U.S. women take on the Netherlands at Embarcadero Plaza, the bricks for you skaters. Um, uh, and then we've got a quarterfinal match in Golden Gate Park on August 6th on Carfree JFK, and then another match back at the crossing. Uh, we will be, ha these are free. Uh, this has become a, an amazing tradition in San Francisco. We've been doing this since 2010 for the Men's and Women's World Cup. Uh, so come on out. Thanks to our partners, the SF Office of Economic and Workforce Development, Street Soccer, the Parks Alliance, and the East Cut Community Benefit District. For a schedule of the watch parties, you can visit worldcupsf.org. This is the world's game. It is the most diverse and beautiful game uh, in the entire planet. Come enjoy it. As you can tell, I'm a soccer fan. All right. Uh, later today, we will be celebrating uh, our, along with the Port of San Francisco, our joint management of more than 24 acres of new public parks in the Mission Bay neighborhood. So come on out at 5 p.m. today to the Mission Creek Park Pavilion, where we will be joined by our mayor, Supervisor Matt Dorsey, uh, my colleague, uh, SF Port Executive Director Elaine Forbes, and the Office of uh, Community Inf uh, Investment and Infrastructure. Uh, earlier this month at this commission, uh, Rec and Park, well, on July, effective July 1st, Rec and Park and the Port began jointly managing these new 24 acres. The area was previously under the direction of uh, the Office of Community Investment and Infrastructure, which was uh, originally the redevelopment agency. So these spaces have come back to the city for us to manage. Uh, these are unique, uh, beautiful, cool waterfront uh, spaces rich in habitat and wildlife, home to a vibrant and mixed and diverse community. Uh, so we are excited to welcome these spaces into uh, uh, our park jurisdiction, and so it'll be a, a good time. So come on out for refreshments, activities, and entertainment. It would not be a commission meeting, Madam Vice Chair, if we were not talking about pickleball. Right. Just couldn't be. Can't get through a meeting without talking about pickleball. I'm a new fan. I'm a pickleball is now at the Palace of Fine Arts, Commissioner Louie. I think you've been down there to play. Uh, the demand for pickleball presented for us a pickle, but we're working hard to create new courts. Uh, so I want to thank our partnership uh, with Nonplus Ultra that helps us manage uh, the inside space at the Palace and Dink SF. Uh, we've got new pickleball courts which players can reserve. Uh, for free between 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Tuesday through Sunday on our website. And then you can also sign up to, through Dink SF and reserve court times for a small fee and lessons and all kinds of fun activities uh, at other times throughout the day. Uh, this is part of our, our effort to keep up with this tsunami of demand for this new sport. It is the fastest growing sport in the nation, uh, but skateboarding is actually even more popular uh, it is inclusive. Uh, it welcomes people of all ages and skill levels. Uh, uh, so we now have six, 67 individual courts where you can play pickleball in our system. And then at Larson Playground, we'll be adding eight more outdoor courts later this year. And there's more to come in our pipeline. So we are doing our best to keep up. All right, I am going to uh, change my costume once again. I'm going to put on my baseball cap. And I'm going to put on my medal. Look at this. See this? This is a medal of champions. That's what this is. So congratulations to our San Francisco Bay Sox girls baseball team for their outstanding performance at the Baseball for All National Tournament in, uh, in Kentucky. Um, 
the 14 and under team went undefeated in the tournament, securing the team's title with a 6-5 win in the championship game, bringing it home to San Francisco. Yes. Forget about that doom loop. We got the best girls baseball team in the country. Yes. <laughs> and our 12 and under team finished third in its division. So a special thanks to our rec and park coaches, James Burke, uh, Hondro and Justice Alcantar. Uh, when we talk about friends and family, we're literally talking about friends and family, Commissioner Jupiter Jones. Volunteer coach Karen Sanchez uh, and our own commissioner who is uh, perhaps uh, the city's biggest champion for girls baseball, uh, Commissioner Annie Jupiter Jones for leading one of the top baseball programs in the country. Baseball for All is a nonprofit whose goal is to build gender equity in baseball by providing girls with real opportunities to play, coach, and lead in the sport. The Bay Sox program is the largest girls baseball program currently operating in the United States of America, providing a unique opportunity for girls 6 to 18 to play on teams and train with our clinics. Uh, this one is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, my own youngest daughter, who is a soccer player, did a brief spint, stint on a Bay Sox team. And I wish uh, Bay Sox were around for my older daughter, who is the real baseball player in, in my family. Uh, but this is an incredible program, and I couldn't be more proud. So congrats, Commissioner Jupiter Jones. And I, I would be remiss to just remind that what's so incredible about this win is that we are a no cut, no tryout, anyone that wants to play, you know, rec program. And just a correction, we're the largest public girls baseball Got program, it. right? Because there are some other great programs out there. But these girls that brought home this championship medal prior to this year had only ever won one game at any national tournament that we've been to. We've been going to this national tournament since 2015. So it is a testament of how much they have worked. And it is a testament of how, when they're supported by a, pro, by a department, by the city, how much they can believe in themselves. These girls learned how to pitch, throw, catch, run, hit in our city parks by our city staff. And so it just makes it that much more beautiful. And thank you so much. We couldn't do it without you. Yeah. All right. Uh, it is summer, and Zion was a drummer, and Larry Griffin loves Stern Grove. So let's talk about the summer of music. There's so much music happening in our parks right now. Stern Grove is in full swing, and it's been amazing so far. Uh, Stern Grove season, uh, every Sunday, tickets are free. Uh, the season wraps up on August 20th with the big picnic, the grand finale featuring the Flaming Lips. Uh, you can reserve your spots for that free show and all of the others coming up. We got Buddy Guy. We've got the San Francisco uh, Symphony and Lettuce. Uh, it's really been fan it's been a fantastic season. We also have Due South at McLaren Park, which starts next Saturday with Shannon and the Clams and James Wavy. Uh, more free concerts go through October. You can reserve your spot for that show now. We've got music at Union Square. Uh, through the Bloom Summer Concert Series. Next concert, July 22nd, featuring Soul Glitch. The free outdoor concerts have a floral 
uh, twists and are made possible through SF Live. The lineup is diverse. Uh, great way to spend the afternoon at Union Square. And if that's not your jam and you'd rather be in Golden Gate Park, boy, do we have music at Golden Gate Park through Illuminate and the San Francisco Parks Alliance. The Lift Every Voice Band Shell has uh, free music on Wednesdays, which are singer-songwriter, Fridays, soul and jazz, Saturday, community uh, performances from different neighborhoods, Sunday, reggae, don't miss it. And on the weekends, you can hear other uh, musicians and buskers all along JFK Drive. Uh, JFK Drive, forgive me. We don't drive on JFK anymore. <laughs> JFK Promenade. Uh, so come out there and listen to music. And then, of course, Outside Lands, Kendrick Lamar on Friday night. Uh, it's just weeks away. The three-day concert series starts on August 11th and goes through the 13th. Each year, an estimated 220,000 people show up in our park for the weekend event. Uh, we are very fortunate to have another Planet Entertainment for their partnership and all the benefits that come from this concert to the local economy and the community. And that, Madam Vice President, concludes the General Manager's report. Thank you for keeping it brief, Phil. <laughs> okay. Ashley. And cheerful, as I and suspected. <laughs> uh, do we have any public comment on the general manager's report in room 416? Okay, seeing none, do we have anyone with their hand raised on our WebEx? One hand raised. Okay, you can unmute the first caller. You'll have two minutes. I had my hand raised like 30 minutes ago uh, to speak. On behalf of Zion, I don't know if that's still okay. I think that should yes, be fine. Please. Okay, it was um, just what one of the commissioners said about um, how skating is viewed and how um, people like see skating as um, still like a legal activity sometimes. Well, I went to um, Soda and we had a skate park uh, at my school and Zion would come and he would make sure everyone cleaned up after themselves and like make sure everyone was really respectful to each other. And it just kind of like, he spread like um, a lot of light on it and changed a lot of people's point of view, like a lot of my friends' point of view on skating and showed everyone that it was like a community and um, it didn't matter how old you were, what color you were, who you were. It's like he accepted everyone and he made everyone feel super welcome and made everyone, um, sorry. You're right, go uh, ahead. You have another minute. Um, <laughs> We understand this is a terrible loss. Sorry. <laughs> I will. Yeah, I just wanted to um, make sure that everyone knew that he really changed that view for a lot of people um, and showed that it was a positive outlet for anyone, no matter what they were going through at home or what their situations were, that everyone was equal, everyone was the same. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you sharing. Is there anyone else on our WebEx with their hand raised? 
Okay, thank you. Seeing no further comment, public comment is closed. So Ashley, um, I just wanted to say that there may be people here that probably might not want to stay for the rest of the meeting. Please, if you feel like you would like to get up now, now would be a good time because this, this is going to go on for hours, <laughs> our meeting. So anyway, we won't consider you rude if you need to get up now or soon. You can always tune in on SFGov TV to yeah. enjoy the rest of the meeting. Yes. Thank you so much, everybody, for coming out and for your patience. But we are now on item four, general public comment. So if anyone is here to comment on an item that is not on today's agenda, now would be the time. Is there anyone here for general public comment for item four? Okay, seeing none, do we have any hands raised on our WebEx for general public comment? No hands raised. Seeing no public comment, public comment is closed. We're now on item five, the consent calendar. If you don't want to remove anything, commissioners, you can go ahead and approve it. Do we have any items to come off? All right, everything stays on the consent calendar. Move to approve. Do you have a second? Second. All those in favor, state aye. 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 Any opposition? None. The consent counter is approved. Thank you, commissioners. We're now on item six, the San Francisco Zoo report with Tanya and Anne. Thank you. Hello, Tanya. Hello. Uh, Tanya Peterson, director of the San Francisco Zoo and Gardens. Uh, I'm humbled and inspired to be here today. The stories uh, and the legacies of these individuals remind us why we all do what we do, and especially those of us here at San Francisco Zoo and Gardens. So perhaps with their legacies in mind, I'm happy to announce that your zoo just won number one in the survey of kids about out and about. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, thank you for your support. I'm sure Larry had something to do with this. Uh, this 75 organizations put their names into the survey, uh, including some favorites here locally, Cal Academy and Exploratorium, but we were voted number one. Uh, we were found to be kid-friendly, cultural, and an educational facility. So I thank you for your support and come out and see our zoo. One of the reasons I think uh, we, are, we won is that we, I think our visitors are realizing the important work we do. Uh, the United Nation, or excuse me, the IUN, IUCN, excuse me, International Union for Conservation of Nature, uh, collects data to, and, uh, so that we better understand what are those species that are not going to make it in the wild. Fourteen of those critically endangered species are found at your zoo. Uh, that is, this means that without the zoo's innovation, these species would not make it. We just added one, that cute one in the in the upper left uh, box there, the oxalotl. Um, this is an adorable larva that is subject to the traffic trade, uh, as are a lot of the birds. But you'll recognize some of those others. And our black rhino just celebrated his big birthday, so come out and visit them. But we are also so are a family-friendly place, and as Phil said, there's music even at the zoo. On Fridays, we have an after-hours music event, uh, free to our members, and we've placed the band in front of the Mother's Building in the hopes it may attract some, uh, some wealthy donor, but it also is one of our protected areas from the sun, uh, from the wind and the fog. Uh, the kids get to play at the playground, and we have a third of the zoo open uh, for those animals that are still active 
after five. Some of our animals don't, aren't, don't want to work past five, if you can imagine. <laughs> uh, we are one of the coldest places in the city. As you all know, it's foggy, um, and it's cold, and it is really windy right now. But we're using this in our advertising campaign because it's hot everywhere else, and it does seem to be working. Our attendance uh, is starting to pick up again, although we're not at the numbers we used to be prior to the pandemic uh, and to the closures of the Great Highway. But uh, I guess what is uh, old is new again, and what is <laughs> windy is cool again. Uh, and then we've got some new faces here. Uh, Majestic Lioness just came in yesterday. But I want to point your attention to, or focus your attention on that gray fox there in the left corner. Uh, he just came to us from the Sacramento Zoo, and maybe the sweetest animal we have at the zoo right now. Uh, he may be a fox, but we can hand feed him and hand up with honey and other treats. And so we decided this is the guy who should be named Larry after Commissioner Larry Griffin. So uh, we do still have now a, a third Larry. Uh, we have a certificate to share with his family, if Ashley, if you will do that. And uh, uh, we've had the honor to work with Commissioner Griffin on the Joint Zoo Committee, which is the hybrid committee that oversees the zoo's uh, management. Larry checked in with us monthly to see how the zoo was doing during the storms. Uh, stunned by uh, the news of his illness and passing, to your point, Commissioner Halsey, uh, he was offering to work in August to get make sure this price increase gets through. And what are you going to do without the commission being here in August? Uh, uh, and just checking in with constantly uh, his joy for the zoo and other parks uh, just remains an inspiration and his loss will be felt. So come visit Larry at the zoo, uh, our sweetest animal, so appropriate in his honor. And I finished my report. Thank you. Is there any public comment on the San Francisco Zoo report? Okay, seeing none, is there any on our public line? Okay, and commissioners, did you want to say anything about the zoo report today before I move on? Okay, thank you. Okay, so public comment is closed. We are now, <clears throat> excuse me, on item seven, the interior greenbelt easement with Chris Towns. If anyone is here to speak on this item, it is not required, but it would be lovely if you fill out a blue card over on that table and bring it over to me over here. And for those on our public line, if you're here to speak on this item, you can um, raise your hand now by dialing star three, and that'll line you up. And when we are ready, we will call on you. Thank you, Commission uh, Liaison. Uh, can I get the uh, PowerPoint? There you go. Thank you, Commission Liaison, and good morning, Commissioners. My name is Chris Towns. I'm with the Recreation and Park Department, uh, Capital and Planning Division. Uh, my presentation will provide you with an overview of the proposed interior greenbelt easement. Uh, review of this item supports objective 1.2 and 4.1 of the strategic plan uh, to strengthen the quality of existing parks and facilities and to conserve and strengthen natural resources. So situated in the middle of the city uh, at the base of uh, the Sutro Tower, uh, just northwest of Twin Peaks, the interior green belt is a clustered collection of natural lands that connect to one another, uh, creating a continuous green belt. 
Um, it includes a network of trails that connect to the Mount Sutro Trail Network and collectively comprises approximately 72 acres of open space. Um, a 1957 deed conveying a portion of the interior green belt to the city carved out a 50 foot wide easement uh, to the original subdivider uh, to ensure access across the city parcel to uh, assessor parcel number 2724002 as depicted on the map. Um, the parcel was not developed. Um, however, the current owner of the parcel now intends to develop. Um, the depict the as depicted on the map, the proposed easement agreement maintains a 50-foot wide easement uh, that would cross the rec park-owned property from the grantees' property uh, to ensure their access to the street. Um, there is no specific plans for development at this time. Um, however, in February of 2022, the Board of Supervisors approved uh, the grantees' tentative map for a two-lot subdivision uh, with the following conditions. Um, first, provide proof of approval by the rec park commission of the location and scope of the roadway easement. Secondly, uh, demonstrate the location of and any, any landowner consent to the utilities easements. Third, show how the new lots would be serviced by utilities. Fourth, uh, demonstrate new subdivisions will have access to public roadways. And then lastly, to submit evidence of compliance with uh, conditions one through four to the Board of Supervisors and to the neighbors uh, who were entitled to notice of the tentative map. So here is a detailed plan view of the proposed easement footprint, uh, diagonally hatched in the center there, in relation to the grantee's lot, uh, the rec park owned property, and the street. Um, as you can see, the easement footprint connects the grantee's lot to Palo Alto Avenue, also known as La Avanzada Street, uh, through the rec park owned property and measures 50 feet in width uh, by 50 feet in depth for a total area of 2,500 square feet. Uh, the request before the commission is whether to approve the fixing and perfecting of the existing historic 1957 easement to provide utility and access easement to the grantee's property. Um, originally, La Avanzada did not exist, and the easement extended through the natural area to the north, all the way to Clarendon Avenue. <clears throat> Therefore, by fixing and perfecting this easement, uh, we are relieving Rec Park property from encumbrance while maintaining the same easement footprint um, and um, as was previously established in the 1957 easement. <clears throat> the, I'm gonna go next slide. Per the easement agreement, uh, a robust document, the grantee is subject to regulatory requirements of the Greenbelt Plan, Rec Park's uh, standard construction measures, and RPD's project standards and design guidelines. Um, the grantee is also subject to uh, open space stewardship co covenants which contracts the grantee and future landowners in perpetuity to numerous ecological health maintenance and preservation responsibilities within the adjacent um, area of the easement area. Rec Parks, uh, RPD's Natural Resource Division had initial concern uh, regarding tree health and impact before, during, and after construction. However, the grantee agreed to conditions resolving these uh, concerns, including providing arborist assessment report within 150 feet, uh, removing dangerous and invasive trees within 150 feet, uh, replacing trees with rec park approved species, and maintaining the trees for at least three, uh, three years. Um, the easement agreement also establishes uh, various restricted uses without rec parks of prior approval. 
Lastly, the grantee assumes responsibility for notices pertaining to planned or uh, emergency work, uh, dangerous conditions, facility removal, et cetera. And the grantee bears all costs and responsibilities in connection with its use and maintenance of the easement area. So in conclusion, uh, staff recommends that the commission recommend to the Board of Supervisors to approve the fixing and perfection of the location in terms of this access and utility easement as outlined in the presentation. Um, staff supports the easement ag agreement in, in light of its terms, most notably the grantee's adherence to several open space stewardship covenants and forestry management practices. Um, the agreement includes measures which will ensure landscape and tree maintenance in perpetuity while preserving the interconnectivity of the uh, green belt. That concludes my presentation and staff is available for questions. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. We currently have two blue cards for folks in room 416. If anyone else would like to speak, please fill out a blue card. I'm gonna start with Jim Keith and then move on to Steven. And you'll have two minutes. Commissioners, uh, it's quite a, quite a meeting starting out like this. I was prepared to talk about all my, the property here and thank everyone who worked on it and working through with the neighbors and Supervisor Melgar and just thank everyone who, who, who helped, you know, perfect this uh, location of this easement and reduce the burden on the rest of the Rec and Park space. But I, I, I was moved, I'm a lifelong San Francisco uh, native too, born and raised here. And uh, I didn't know Larry Griffin, but it sounds like uh, the commission and the city has lost a, a real great person. And I did unfortunately just learn about uh, Paul Naughton, who I grew up around the block from. So I, I just heard that here today. So that's, uh, <clears throat> you, just, you just don't know what, what, when, when it's gonna happen. But I, again, I, I'm here today supporting the staff. I thought they did a great job. I've been working hard with the neighborhood. Uh, this was continued uh, from an operations commission because just to give extended time to talk with the neighbors, I engaged in that. And so uh, anyhow, that's really all I have to say about it. But uh, thank you very much. Bye. We have your letter in the record and it's well written. So thank you so much. Do we have any comments? Stephen. Okay, Stephen. And if there's anyone else in the room who'd like to comment on this item, go ahead and just stand up here so I know. Thank you. Go ahead, Stephen. Yes, Stephen Lee here. Uh, I just want to oppose about this open space because we felt that this is a biodiversity, it's a space where all natures can go through, just like to quote what you know, earlier was stated by Larry. If you walk, through, how many of you been to that space? If you walk through the space, you actually can smell the eucalyptus tree. By clear, now they have pretty much clear cutting the space and the space is pretty much ruined. I hope that before the commission approved this thing, you could just kindly walk by it. You'll see what I meant, the special magic and feelings you have when you walk through the space, okay? So yeah, just again, I just like to quote the missions of what Rec and Park has, is to provide enriching recreation activities, maintain beautiful parks, and preserve the environment for well-being of everyone in our diverse community. If they were to develop this space, it's all going to be like huge, and there's going to be no more open space that is available in San Francisco. And you no longer can actually walk through and feel, you know, 
the spirit and the magical of the smell of the eucalyptus tree. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, seeing no further comment in room 416, I'd like to see if there's anyone with their hand raised on our WebEx. No hands raised on the WebEx. So seeing no further public comment, public comment is closed. Commissioners? Uh, Commissioner Hallisey. Uh, Jim, I was here at the Operations Committee, and that's way back on May the 4th, all right? And I thought you were very gracious at that time to work with Supervisor Melgar's office. She, in effect, was the one that requested that continuance uh, just because she wanted to ensure that there was more public participation from neighbors. So I think you have done your due diligence. I think you've been very patient. <clears throat> Excuse me, this was a two and a half year battle for you and uh, I will be supporting your cause here today. Thank you, Commissioner Hallisey. No other requests to speak, Ashley. Okay. All right, I need a motion and a second. If you look at the um, language at item seven, to recommend that the Board of Supervisors approve the fixing and perfection of, perfection of the location in terms of an access and utility easement that is currently reserved across a parcel owned by the Recreation and Park Department near the interior Greenbelt Natural Area located at La Avanzada <coughs> Street. So move. I need a second. Um, I'll second that. All those in favor state aye. 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 No opposition. Motion carries. Congratulations, Mr. Keith. And thank you for working with Rec and Park. Okay, we are now on item 8, 2700 45th Avenue, Shadow on the San Francisco Zoo, with Chris again. If I can get the PowerPoint, please. Commissioners, I have the next item as well. Uh, Chris Towns again with the Recreation and Park Department Capital and Planning Division. And I'm actually joined today by the San Francisco Planning Department staff uh, who will be co-presenting a portion of the presentation uh, specific to the project description, the public outreach, and the public benefit aspects of the project. Uh, whereas my portion will focus on the shadow analysis. Um, our presentation will provide you with a summary of the proposed cultural center mixed-use development <coughs> at 2745th Avenue, um, known as the Unified Irish Cultural Center, uh, and its shadow effects upon the San Francisco Zoo, uh, which is under the jurisdiction of the Recreation and Park Department. Uh, review of the shadow cast by this project supports objective 1.2 of the strategic plan uh, to, quote, strengthen the quality of existing parks and facilities. Uh, for shared policy code context, um, Prop K, the Sunlight Ordinance, 
um, aimed at protecting park properties from the negative shadow impacts um, was approved by voters in 1984, uh, which subsequently led to the adoption of Planning Code Section 295 um, in 1985, uh, which prohibits the city from issuing building permits for structures greater than 40 feet in height um, that would cast a shadow upon a rec park property um, unless the Planning Commission, after consultation with the Recreation Park Commission, um, finds that the shadow would not have a significant adverse impact on the use of the park property. Um, as an implementation tool, um, the 1989 memo was adopted, which establishes quantitative and qualitative criteria for determinations of significant shadows. Um, qualitative criteria to consider include time of day, time of year, shadow location, shadow size, duration, and public good served by the project. Um, at this time, I'd like to pass it to Natalia from the Planning Department, who's gonna provide an overview of the project description, uh, its outreach, and public benefit aspects. Natalia, are you there? Thank you, Chris. Confirming you all can hear me? Yes. We can hear you. Thank you. Good morning, Commissioners. Natalia Fossi, Planning Department staff, presenting on behalf of Gabriela Pantoja. I'm also joined today by the project sponsor team. They are available for any questions you might have. I will go over the project with you, as well as their public benefits and community outreach. Project before you will demolish an existing two-story community facility and construct a state-of-the-art six-story over-basement mixed-use building measure, measuring approximately 130,000 square feet to be operated by the United Irish Cultural Center. The proposed building contains public and private community facilities, a restaurant, bar, office, nighttime entertainment, and instructional land uses. The proposed building will contain 54 off-street parking spaces, two car share spaces, 42 class one and 44 class two bicycle parking spaces. The project will maintain and expand a long-standing cultural center in the western portion of the city within a quarter mile of multiple muni lines including the 1823 and El Terrible to support the city's transit network. The proposed mixed-use building will contain space for a range of recreational, educational, and civic activities for the Irish population and larger community. With over 100,000 square feet of public and private community space, the project will contribute toward an active pedestrian-oriented street frontage and support the existing commercial corridor. The project will not displace any existing housing or reduce the number of affordable housing units within the city. The project will include 86 bicycle parking spaces to support the city's bicycle transit network. And the project will provide street improvements to the immediate neighborhood, including new street trees, bulb outs, and curb ramps. Since 2018, the project sponsors have conducted recurring public meetings with regards to the development. Their largest attended meeting on August 28, 2021, served as the official kickoff meeting and was attended by Mayor London Breed. In addition to their reoccurring meetings, the sponsors have maintained a monthly newsletter and website that provides updates on the proposed development's progress. Over 200 community members have already expressed support for the proposed development, including Cub Scouts PAC 0108, the Kennelly and Michael Dillon Schools of Irish Dance, the San Francisco Connaught Social and Athletic Club, and District 4 Board of Supervisors Joel and Guardio. To date, the department has not received any correspondence in opposition of the project. 
This concludes my part of the presentation. I will hand it back to Chris and I'll be available for your questions. Thank you. Thank you, Natalia. Um, so for orientation purposes, the map on the top left here shows the project site in relation to the, the zoo. Um, and uh, the project site is just a block north of the zoo, uh, the block north of the zoo's northern edge and um, about four blocks inland from the, from the Great Highway. Um, street views are also provided to show uh, the existing project site looking northwest and southwest, um, as well as some of the surrounding neighborhood context. The San Francisco Zoo itself is a hundred acre uh, is a hundred is a hundred acre property uh, bounded by Slope Boulevard to the north, uh, the Great Highway to the west, and Skyline Boulevard to the east. Um, the zoo is managed by a nonprofit San Francisco Zoological Society organization, but under the jurisdiction of the San Francisco Rec and Park Department. Um, the zoo's uh, visitor parking lot and main entrance is off of, is off of the west uh, western edge. And the zoo itself contains uh, over 350 animal species and dozens of enclosures uh, connected through pedestrian pathways, organized into seven major thematic zones based on um, geography and animal category. Um, the zoo's hours of operation are from 10 a.m. Uh, to 5 p.m. daily. Um, this slide provides the project's full year shadow fan, uh, which is helpful in visualizing the, and understanding the uh, project's general shadow footprint upon the surrounding neighborhood throughout the year. Um, project shadows depicted in blue are most frequent immediately around the building footprint and dissipate, becoming less frequent um, as it goes further away from the project site. Um, as you can see, the, north, uh, the project's shadow falls upon just the northwest corner of the zoo. Um, the photos on the right also show you kind of where that shadow falls on its northern perimeter outer edge, as well as the zoo's interior um, programmatic space, which is a staff-only um, maintenance and access roadway area. Quantitatively, there is currently 11.45% existing shadow load on the zoo. Uh, the project would add a fractional 0.0007% uh, shadow increase for a total of 11.451% shadow load on the park. Um, the image on the right depicts the project's maximum net new shadow, uh, which again is on the northwest corner, and that happens on June 21st at 6.46 a.m. Um, qualitatively, in terms of time of year and time of day, um, project shadows occur in the morning um, from spring to summer, uh, approximately 83 days out of the year, um, but only during the early morning hours uh, before 8 a.m. Um, the average daily duration of shadows is 13.4 minutes, uh, with, the ad with an average shadow coverage area of about 6,500 square feet. Um, and then lastly, the, with regard to shadow location, again, it's just, just the northwest corner within what's current, what's a staff only access road and maintenance area abutting the, new, uh, abutting the zoo's northern perimeter fence. So in closing, uh, I'd just like to highlight the 1989 memo's quantitative parameters, um, which depict uh, that for parks of this size, you know, greater than two acres, this is a hundred acre site, uh, ex experiencing less than or equal to 20% existing shadow load Again, this one's at 11.45%, uh, that the guidance is for up to a 1% increase. And again, the project is proposing a fractional 0.0007% increase. 
Um, that concludes my presentation and we're available for questions. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Chris. Is there thank any, you. oh, sorry. Is there anyone in room 416 who is here to comment on item eight? All right, come on forward. I'll take your blue card. Okay, Good morning, my name is Liam Reedy. I'm the president of the United Irish Cultural Centre, a volunteer at the centre. I've been a member at the centre since I arrived from Ireland in 1997. So for the past 26 years, I've been actively involved at the centre, more especially in 2019 when I stepped up onto the board as a volunteer. Uh, we're one of the feel-good stories that have come out of the pandemic, a few economic headwinds during that time. Uh, but as a cultural institution on the west side of the city, we provide ample space for not only the Irish-American community as a federally chartered 501c3, we are a community centre providing lots of space for Irish music where you can come and learn uh, music for free, uh, Irish dancing, hospitality space. We provide uh, space for the Chinese-American ballroom dancing on Monday afternoons. We have lo uh, branches, a local church that uh, occupy the centre on a weekly basis. Um, again, just to lend my support to the programme, um, again, a feel-good story coming out of the pandemic, uh, really exciting time, and we're like a small microcosm of what's um, possible if you get a like gr group of people like-minded, driven to succeed to provide a new space at the centre. One of the biggest challenges, of course, we don't have enough space for all the people that want to rent the space on a Friday, Saturday, and with such a dirt of those types of spaces for community organizations to have meetings and events on the west side of the city. So again, uh, urge you all to give it your 100% support uh, going forward. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening, commissioners. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Uh, good evening, commissioners, president and Phil. Um, I'd like to, very emotionally, I want to, uh, you know, the four families our condolences. Um, also, quick note, not away from the Irish Centre, I'm also a soccer fan. I was up, I was up at 3 a.m. this morning <laughs> and I watched Ireland lose. My heart is in Ireland, but uh, Irish America, we're, we're shot rooting for the U.S. And a fantastic job to Reckon Park and the city, how they have uh, done for all sports in San Francisco. And there's a lot of negativity around San, San Francisco, and this is going to bring a lot of positive stuff. Go anyway, <laughs> uh, to the Irish Centre, um, you know, 1974, uh, Joe Eliotta and uh, Diane Feinstein opened the centre, and, uh, you know, they had a vision back then. There's a new 50-year vision looking forward. Uh, things have changed in San Francisco, and change, changes will happen. And, you know, we have a lot of support from, from the state of California, from Gavin Newsom to um, local mayors, supervisors, etc. And we just appreciate it, uh, you know, if you would approve the project and thank you very much for all you do. Thank you. Only in San Francisco do we have Feinstein and Alioto opening the Irish Cultural <laughs> Center. Good Irish folks they are, yes. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Next speaker. Uh, good morning, commissioners. First of all, I want to offer my condolences to the commission and to the families of all those that you spoke about today. It was lovely to hear such beautiful words spoke about those people and you, need, you feel as if you know them. And I think everybody should listen to the recording of what happened here this morning for the first hour. 
That's now you're going to get me started again. Can I have some Kleenex? <laughs> that brings us to what we're doing at the Irish Centre. We're talking about honouring our past and rebuilding for the future. Yeah. We were very lucky when I came here in 84 that there was a place for all us immigrants to get together out there where we went to see football matches on a Sunday morning from Ireland at 7 o'clock, met people, met people, you know, it gave us a sense of home at the time. We must realize now that people coming now when they land at the airport, they can text home and FaceTime home, and they're talking to their people in Ireland inside 30 seconds. We had to write letters back in the 80s, so that's how we got good at writing letters. Uh, I'll pick up on what Phil said there, you know, the comments he made about what has been and what will be. He was talking about it in a different context, context, but I'm talking about it in what's going to happen here at the centre and what we hope to do. We want to change it to an arts and cultural centre for the future. Am I up? You've got 30 seconds more. Oh, yeah, so I won't keep you too long. And that is really to celebrate the diversity of now where we live. You know, this is San Francisco. We have great connections with America, Mexican America, Asian America. You know, back in the 1800s, the Irish immigrants went down to Mexico and fought in, on the Mexican side <laughs> in the, <laughs> um, the Mexican-American Civil War. So we hope you support this, and it's going to be a beacon for the future that we have. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker. You admitted that. Uh, good morning, Commissioners. John Kevlin here with Ruben Junius and Rose uh, on behalf of the Irish uh, Cultural Center. I can't be anywhere near as inspiring as the previous <laughs> speaker, so let me just sp speak to a couple of uh, technical points. Uh, as you know, the proposed project would demolish the existing center that's been in place since 1974 and replace it with a new enhanced center that will continue to serve the Irish and the greater San Francisco community. Uh, the building will provide newer, greater capacity, in particular for the St. Patrick's event room, which is open to the public and probably a, someone, everyone in this room has attended an event at some point at that uh, uh, space, uh, as well as other community spaces, a library and a new restaurant and bar. Um, as shown in the project shadow study, the new shadow cast on SF Zoo will be extremely limited. Um, it will increase the shadow on the zoo by 0.0007%. Uh, you know, you all know this, 0.0004% is de minimis and doesn't even require hearing, so that just shows you how close we are to that. Um, the area shaded is mostly only accessed by zoo staff uh, for service vehicles, storage, and maintenance. Uh, the latest the shadow ever occurs is 7.07 a.m. prior to the zoo's opening time at 10 a.m. Uh, and finally, the area shaded is already significantly shaded by the large trees uh, screening the zoo along Slope Boulevard. Those are not allowed to be included in the shadow study, um, but just as a reminder, we all also have those trees that are already casting a lot of shadow in this area anyway. So in short, the new shadow will be um, virtually imperceptible by anyone using uh, or attending the zoo. Um, so overall, um, the limited new shadow cast in the zoo is um, outweighed by the project. Uh, it's a 50-year community institution that will continue to serve the city. They're actually very nice complementary uses, both great community reasons to come this far out to the, the west side of the city. So uh, we appreciate your support, and we're here if you have any questions. Thank you. Thank you. Seeing no other comments in the room, is there anyone with their hand raised on our WebEx? No callers in the queue. So seeing no further callers, public comment is closed. Commissioners? Commissioner Hallisey. 
Uh, I have announced the St. Patrick's Day Parade for the last 10 years at Civic Center, and I was totally in your corner until you told me the Irish fought on the Mexican <laughs> side against the United States, but I'll, I'll pass by that. Uh -huh. uh, I am thrilled to hear this. I mean, it's been 49 years coming. Um, and you know, here at the commission, I think I speak for all my colleagues, we hear the the quantitative numbers. We hear the percentages that, that Chris gives us. He always gives great reports. But more important to us is the qualitative, the activities impacted by a shadow. And we'd be thinking about a children's play area, for instance, or we'd be thinking about animals. Here, we're talking about a staff access road and a maintenance area. So 000.7% and only in the early morning, um, I think you have a very good case here. And uh, I, I hope to see this project go forward. So thank you to all the speakers here today. I appreciate you coming here in person. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner Louie. Um, I know you're here to speak about the shadowing, but moreover, we wanna thank you for showing up today and presenting because I think all of us have gone to the Irish Cultural Center hundreds of times for different events, and we want to thank you for opening the hall to all the diversity groups of San Francisco, for letting the, all the Asians do their ballroom dancing there. We know how much they love to dance. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the project is just stunning. It's beautiful. Um, I think we're gonna, of course, you know, really, can't wait till this thing breaks ground. Um, it's, a, it's a really beautiful um, a project, and there is, um, the, since there's no opposition from the zoo, you know, it's a win-win. It's a and I just want to say that all my ancestors from County Mayo would haunt me if I didn't approve this project, so I'm for it, too. All right, I think we're ready for a vote. Do I have a motion and a second? So moved. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposition? The motion carries. Congratulations, gentlemen, and thank you for your kind words. Okay, we're now moving on to item nine. And item 10, I think we have Jad here to present. You, you do, do we work want them to come up together, right. Ashley? Or? Work for the department? Yeah. You don't need to fill Yes, no. <laughs> Do we want nine and ten together? Want yeah, them to come yeah, up you together? Can, you can present nine and ten together. They seem sort of related. Okay. They are, and if you'd like to, to we'll, we'll call the vote at the same time, but we'll, we'll call them separately. But yes. yes, you can go ahead and present one and then the next one. Great, okay. thank yeah. you. Mm -hmm. um, just want to introduce myself. My name is Jad Correa. I work for um, the Volunteer Services with San Francisco Rec and Park, and it's an honor to be here. Um, it really was pretty emotional hearing a lot of those stories earlier. So. With that, um, just kind of want to launch into what these two programs are really about. And in short, I'm here to speak about the Green Angel Program and the Youth Stewardship Program with regards to the Habitat Conservation Fund. And in short, I believe uh, both these programs will be not only enhanced, we will reach more, um, more youth, we will have more staff, and it will benefit not only San Francisco, but the department as well. Um, yeah, I'm here for any questions about um, I, I, either of those uh, with regards to the Habitat Conservation Fund. Would you like me to move to public comment before you ask any questions? Okay. Do we have any public comment on items 
9 or 10 in room 416? Okay, seeing none, are there any hands raised on our public line? Are you asking to no callers in the queue. Okay, commissioners, do you have any questions for Jad? Love that this is happening, yay. Awesome. Can we vote? I need a motion and a second on item nine. Um, um, do we have to do two motions or? Yeah, we'll do, we'll do, do them, them separately. separately on the Green okay. Nature program first. Uh, so move to approve the grant for the Green Nature program. I second. All those in favor state aye. 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 Any opposition? None. It, moved. it is approved. Awesome. Thank you. Item 10, the Youth Stewardship Program. A motion and a second, please. So move to approve. Second. All those in favor state aye. 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 Any opposition? None. Also approved unanimously. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you too. Thank, Thank you for your lack Thank of you. time making that list. <laughs> okay, we're now on item 11, the Crocker Amazon Soccer Field Renovation Contract Amendment with Omar Davis. Do you have a slideshow at all? Okay. Welcome, Omar. Good afternoon. <laughs> Officially one, oh, one minute in. Commissioners. Uh, good afternoon, General Manager. My name is Omar Davis, Project Manager with the Capital Division. The item before you is discussion and possible action to amend the construction contract with Minerva Construction, Inc. for the Crocker Amazon soccer field renovation project to increase the contract amount to $6,229,813, reflecting an increase of $946,813 since last approved by the commission and a contract extension of 45 days, increasing the number of days to reach substantial completion to 289 days from the original duration of 244 days. This project is in line with the department's strategic plan, strategy one, inspire public space, strategy two, inspire play, and strategy three, inspire investment. Crocker Amazon is one of several rec park facilities with synthetic turf athletic fields. Located in District 11, along the border of the Excelsior and Crocker Amazon neighborhoods, the department renovated the field with synthetic turf in 2008. The, facili the facility is very popular for soccer and general recreational play. But because of heavy use and age, the field needs to be renovated by replacing the original synthetic turf material and making improvements to the associated field amenities, such as furniture and site access. On December 15th, 2022, the commission awarded a construction contract for the Crocker Amazon soccer fields renovation project to Minerva Construction in the amount of up to $5,283,000 to cover the base bid and bid alternates. The soccer field project site work improvements commenced on March 28th of this year. Additional scope was added to the project, which has included ADA compliance requirements and acceleration costs for turf installation to ensure that the project reaches substantial completion in time to open all soccer fields to the public by November 1st, 2023. Um, since the start of construction, the department has received positive feedback and I'd like to share one quick comment. Hooray, the new fields look fabulous. My teenage soccer player said, OMG, it looks like Beach Chalet. She's excited to play at Crocker this fall. This is from Hallie Loring Cavallo. 
The proposed changes to the contract are outlined below. Some of these changes are directly related to the base contract uh, for soccer field improvements, while others are uh, new work scope additions that are adjacent to this park space. Uh, the department's deferred maintenance capital team had been working on two separate projects that are immediately adjacent to the soccer field. This includes minor irrigation modifications adjacent to and underneath the existing soccer fields, and the inclusion of new landscaping and site drainage improvements at the entrance to the Geneva Street parking lot. In an effort to streamline the advertising, bidding, and award processes for two new and separate projects, staff worked to integrate these new improvement enhancements into the existing contract to save time, money, and disruption to the community. The work items include the removal and recycling of old turf with documented, documented chain of custody documents, new and revised regulatory signage within the soccer field complex, Acceleration costs for turf installations to have the fields open for permitted soccer league play in the fall. Additional surveys and renovation of soccer field entrance landings to meet ADA compliance. Irrigation work managed by the department's operations division, which includes the modification of irrigation lines adjacent to and underneath the existing soccer fields. And the inclusion of landscape and drainage improvements led by the department's operations division, which involves the construction of a rain garden and a renovated parking lot entrance at Geneva Avenue. This project is fully funded and is in, this is not a request for additional funds. A contract value increase in the amount of $946,813 is requested to pay for the aforementioned change orders. Sources for these additional funds come from the Capital General Fund, Operations General Fund, and um, uh, SFPUC Green Infrastructure Fund. The original contract duration was 244 days to reach substantial completion and 30 days to reach final completion. The proposed contract extension of 45 additional days would bring the number of days to reach substantial completion to 289 days. This is to allow more time to complete the additional scopes of work. This proposed contract extension does not affect the central thrust of the project as all athletic fields will be renovated and open for the public on or before November 1st, 2023. In summary, staff recommends that this commission approve the amendment of the construction contract with Minerva Construction Inc. for the Crocker Amazon soccer field renovation project to increase the contract amount to $6,229,813, reflecting an increase of $946,813 since last approved by the commission, and a contract extension of 45 days, increasing the number of days to reach substantial completion to 289 days from the original duration of 244 days. Thank you, commissioners, for your consideration. I'm happy to answer any questions. Do we have any public comment on item 11 in room 416? Seeing none, do we have anyone with their hands raised on our WebEx? SFGovTV, do we have any hands raised? I don't see any, so public comment is closed. Commissioners. I do, I do have a couple of questions, Omar. Um, I'm trying to find the language, I can't find it. You said it just a minute ago that um, you know, we're being asked to increase the contract amount, however, it doesn't blah, blah, blah. What was that language again that you said it doesn't? The project is fully funded, and this is not a request for additional funding. Okay, so can you just explain for the benefit of the public when you say the project is fully funded, 
et cetera. Mm -hmm. What does that mean when we're being asked to increase the contract amount? Certainly. Um, our capital division and our operations division are bringing scopes of work together, and the operations division um, has funding to perform this work. Um, they also have funding from the SFPUC, Green Infrastructure Fund, and we are essentially combining these scopes of work uh, under one existing contract um, to the, increase the efficiency um, uh, and, and to decrease any disruption or overall increase in construction at these soccer fields. Okay, so it's about efficiencies. You're adding something that is going to need to happen That's anyway. Right. For example, the rain garden work and the irrigation reroute. That's right. That. Our okay. operations division has um, would be doing this work anyway. And okay. so while the site is closed down, we want to we want to um, combine our efforts. I'm all for efficiency. And I think we should highlight that. I think that's mm -hmm. a good thing to say. Now, on the acceleration costs, I can't help but notice that we're paying for overtime, and yet we need another 45 days. Seems a little incongruous to me. Help me understand. But we're still going to be on the schedule that we want so that fields are ready in the fall. Is this correct? Okay. Yeah, Commissioner Stan Maurer. Um, yeah, we, we, um, the, the nuance on that is that... Uh, you know, a lion's share of this project is synthetic turf, putting in new synthetic turf. And um, we, as we were moving through the project, we got started out of the gate a little bit late, later than anticipated. And so uh, working with Field Turf, who's the turf company, this is their busiest time of year uh, during the summer months and while school is out. And so they're stretched to the limits. Um, and so when we, the contractor put their schedule together, which was within contract limits, it was pushing our construction contract after the beginning of uh, November. And so uh, our permits and reservations division opens those fields in November for high school play. And so there was a strong push to get the fields done before November 1st started. And so in order to do that, we had to accelerate some of the work on weekends with the field turf company so that we can meet that schedule. Commissioner. Uh, on the back end of this though, um, the field, this additional work we're asking for improvements are on and the efficiencies we're gaining is work that's going to be done in that extended time window. So we're going to get the field work done before November 1st and then any supplementary time that we need to complete the rain garden and some of the irrigation work will happen in that extra window that we're asking for okay. permission for today. So users can access the fields even though the landscape work may not be completed. Correct. Contract okay. will still be out there while the fields are open. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Hallisey. Uh, actually, Omar or Dan, this is just a curiosity question on my part, and it has to do with synthetic turf. I know 2008 was the first time the department did it. Okay, we're 15 years later, and both of you would know more than me about has synthetic turf improved? Are you, you going to different companies? I mean, can we expect possibly getting more than 15 years out of this uh, batch of synthetic turf? Or? So it's a good question. Um, so synthetic turf, our first fields were put in in 2002. Oh, okay. At Franklin uh, Square and um, Mission Rec. Youngblood um, Coleman, too. What's that? And Youngblood Coleman. And Youngblood Coleman, thank you. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so... Uh, Synthetic turf, companies warranty their product for eight years. Sometimes they do 10 if you ask for an extended warranty. What we've been seeing on our fields right now are somewhere between 12 and 13 years of life 
for the fields. And again, a lot of that's contingent on the, the use patterns of the field. Smaller fields like Garfield Square receive a lot more foot traffic mm -hmm. and that's small square footage. So the replacement uh, time frame on that's gonna be quicker than a larger field like Crocker. Um, so right now we're gauging somewhere between 12 and 14 years is our projection as we roll forward to look at field replacements. Um, synthetic turf is constantly evolving. Um, and uh, as you've seen in past presentations, we've moved away from some old synthetic turf products like the tire crumb infill material. Mm -hmm. um, and now we're using natural infill products on our turf. Turf fiber is also getting, um, and the, the green material is actually advancing too in technologies mm -hmm. as well. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're, we're looking at and forecasting buying the best product out there for the park department as we move forward. Um, and another component on this that is in, the, in your report is the recycling component, which I really want to stress. Mm -hmm. uh, San Francisco has one of the most rigid, rigid and rigorous turf procurement specs in the nation. Uh, and part of that is the recycling component that we're doing. And so we're actually asking for a little bit of funding to recycle the turf out at this site. Um, the reason we're asking for more, for more money is because recycling is a new component in the industry. And the company that was actually put, a subcontractor who put their bid in actually had to withdraw their bid because they weren't meeting our requirements. Sure. And so we had to find a new firm, which caused a little extra funding on the project. And so we're, we're in the process of recycling all the turf at this facility. We've done it in the past as well, yeah. not as efficient as this particular process, but we're hoping to um, show, show that process, work with the Depar Department of the Environment on that effort, and, uh, and make this a, a full circle loop system uh, as we move forward in the future. Yeah, and let me uh, just let me uh, add a little bit of uh, color to that in a slightly less technical technical way, Commissioner Hallisey. So the answer is yes. The technology has the technology has evolved to the good considerably. Infills are very different. The type of grass, if you remember, Veteran Stadium and Three River Stadium back in the 70s, which was more like a carpet. Exactly. Now uh, the type of turf or sort of individual uh, synthetic grass blades, it's all gotten a lot better. Uh, they were talking about an eight to 10 year life cycle. No. The truth of the matter is, is we do outlive that. And that's also a resource constraint issue. But one thing to keep in mind, even though we do have to redo these fields, it's not like a grass field doesn't require right. maintenance <laughs> no, and renewal, right? So, so some people think, oh, well, you got to replace them. Well, we do that you know, the, the maintenance costs on a grass field are actually significantly higher mm -hmm. uh, each, each and every year. So this still works out to be pretty efficient and most importantly allows us to add, you know, to triple our hours of use because those fields don't need to rest like grass fields do. Both of you, excellent. And that was the point of my question. We have actually saved money because we went beyond what the expected life of this turf was so that that was that was all I wanted to hear. Thank you. Thank you. It's working. It's wonderful. You. Thank, Thank kudos you. to Phil. I'm going to go ahead and close the conversation on this because we need to get going. All right. So staff recommend. No, sorry. Just I just <laughs> staff recommends that the commission amend the construction contract with Minerva Construction Inc. for the Crocker Amazon Soccer Field Renovation Project. Increase the contract amount to six million two hundred twenty-nine thousand eight hundred thirteen dollars. 
reflecting an increase of $946,813 since last approved by the Commission and a contract extension of 45 days, increasing the number of days to reach substantial completion to 289 days from the original duration of 244 days. Do I have a motion and a second? So moved. Second. All those in favor state aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion carries. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Okay, we are now on item 12, Golden Gate Park, 9th Avenue and Lincoln Way Gateway Contract Award. Yeah, I'm going to pull it Just up. say it out loud when you want it, and SFGovTV will put it up. Okay. Good afternoon, Commissioners, General Manager Ginsburg. Um, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Alex Schicknecht, and um, I'm excited to be coming back to you to discuss the Ninth Avenue Gateway. This is a discussion and possible action to award con a construction contract for the Golden Gate Park Ninth Avenue Gateway to Bauman Landscape and Construction Incorporated in the amount of $1,293,360. Um, um, we received two bids in response to this advertisement, and we're excited to have received this low bid from Bauman, uh, which puts the project in reach and means with your approval we can move forward soon. Um, I prepared <clears throat> excuse me, two attachments for your review, including the bid tabulations and the illustrative concepts. Um, and I'm going to put those up on the screen now. Can we take a look at that? Oh, it's up. <laughs> So for a bit of background, the, the Golden Gate Park Master Plan was published in 1998 and recommended a new entry treatment at 9th and Lincoln. The gateway lacked presence and needed a, quote, treatment to reflect its status as a major park entry. Uh, wayfinding at the intersection was and continues to be difficult and continues to be one of the most well-used entrances into the park. Uh, a renovated gateway at this location will improve accessibility and pedestrian circulation, improve views and visibility of the San Francisco Botanical Garden, announce entry into the park and provide a plaza which would allow people to linger um, at the gateway and provide a, like really a sense of arrival into the park. And here are a few um, images again from concept. The project includes new paving, curb ramps, lighting and signal work, uh, masonry, including a Golden Gate Park boulder sign, and of course, planting and irrigation. Uh, Public Works advertised the project and received two bid proposals on May 24th of this year. The lowest responsive bid was from Bauman Landscape and Construction for $1,293,360, which was within our project budget. Bauman's proposal was reviewed for conformance with the contract requirements, and they have met all the qualifications and LBE subcontracting goals. Um, and with that, staff recommends that the commission approve the award of a construction contract for the Golden Gate Park 9th Avenue Gateway to Bauman Landscaping Construction in the amount of, again, $1,293,360. 
And uh, thank you for your time. I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you. Is there any public comment on item 12 in room 416? Okay, seeing none, do we have any hands? Well, they're both city staff, so I know we don't have hands raised on the public <laughs> line. So seeing no further public comment, public comment is closed. Commissioners? No hands raised here either. Do I have a motion and a second to approve this? So moved. Contract award. Second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 All those opposed? None. Motion. Uh, contract is approved. Thank you. Thank you. Next and you're off. up next, right, Alex? Yep. I'm up next. All right. Yeah. Still with us. So we're now on item 13, Richmond Playground Renovation Contract Award. Okay. It's me again, Alex Schicknecht. Thank you for having me, commissioners, general manager. Um, and this is another discussion and possible action toward a con uh, construction contract for this time for the Richmond Playground renovation uh, to treaty construction in the amount of 1738500 And this is for base bid work. We received, again, two responsive bids on this advertisement. And uh, again, we're excited to have received this low bid from treaty. Um, Again, a couple attachments for review, including the bid tabulations and illustrative uh, images from concept phase. For a bit of background, again, uh, Richmond Playground is one of the last of the Let's Play SF playgrounds. Um, and in tw 2014, the playground was designated as one of the 13 playgrounds in San Francisco most in need of renovation um, as a tier two site. And at that time, the commission approved unanimously uh, to renovating all of those 13 playgrounds. Due to the high density of youth living in the neighborhood, the Richmond Playground renovation has the potential to make a really big impact on the lives of many children and families who live nearby. Here's an image again of that concept. Um, the project will completely restore the playground by providing play for tots on the west side and school-age kids on the east side, um, completely renovating the restrooms and includes accessibility upgrades at both playground uh, entrances at both 18th Avenue and 19th Avenue. And just an image of the, that's that uh, school-age play area. This design is an out outgrowth of a really extensive community process and follows a rough theme of Sierras and nature in the city with a faux granite climbing rock and a 16-foot tall grizzly bear play structure. It's going to be great. Um, Public Works advertised this project and received three bid proposals on June 14th. The low bidder then submitted a timely request to withdraw their bid due to an accounting error and the next lowest bid was from Treaty which was within the construction budget. Uh, their proposal was reviewed again for conformance with the contract requirements and has met all the qualifications and LBE subcontracting goals. Note that because of the project's funding sources, it's been determined by OLSE that this project is subject to the citywide PLA and we'll be going through that process shortly with your approval. Um, and with that, staff recommends that the commission approve the award of a construction contract for the Richmond Playground renovation to treaty construction in the amount of $1,738,500 for base bid work. Thank you again for your time. Happy to Thank answer you. any questions. Do we have any public comment on item 13? Come on up. Come on up. Good morning, Commissioners. My name is Thea 
My name's Dia Yang, and I am a system project manager at SFPA, San Francisco Parks Alliance. Alongside with me is our summer intern. Mr. Ronald O'Connor, nice to meet you all. Hello, welcome. Yeah, so uh, we are here to support uh, the construction of the Richmond Playground. And just a quick note, I'm really sorry about your loss. And this is like my first time attending commission meetings. And thank you so much for making it so beautiful, like with tears and laughters, and I, I will remember this day. Um, thank you. So, like our organization, SPA, we have been partnering, partner, partner, partnering with as, uh, RBT for the Let's Play SF campaign for the, couple, the last couple of years. And we identified like 13 playgrounds to be renovated and to meet today's needs. And um, you're benefiting, this initiative will benefit like over 20,000 children living in San Francisco. And um, like, especially near their homes, um, become their neighborhood hubs for play, creativity, and family lives. And Richmond Playground is one of there's 13 playgrounds, and um, it, it has been loved by like the neighborhood for like over centuries. It's definitely needing some upgrades and uh, accessibility. Sorry, am I passing? 30. Okay. You have 30. accessibility improvements, and I have lived in Richmond for like over three years, and as a landscape designer myself, I definitely wishing this playground um, got some improvements and more care and more love. Um, so um, I think with the proposed upgrades, including the play equipment, the new servicing, and upgraded restrooms, uh, and all other side furnishings will make this Thank you. very beautiful. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, is there any other public comment in room 416? Seeing none and seeing no public on our public line, public comment is closed. Nobody wants to speak here, so do I have a first and a second on the staff recommendation to approve this award of the construction contractor on the Richmond Playground renovation? So moved. Second. All those in favor, state aye. 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 Any opposition? Motion carries. It's unanimous. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to echo my sorrow for your loss. Um, really well done today. The, the other thing that I'm feeling is just it, I'm, I'm really inspired by it all and by all the stories about you know the rec and park department and all the all the impacts that it's had on so many people and um, makes me really proud to be a member of the rec and park family. Thank you, Alex. Thank, Thank you. Yeah. Great job on both yeah. leading both projects, the ninth and uh, Lincoln one. I mean, both projects are very important and wonderful. The ninth and Lincoln one is a long time coming, and it's going to make a really significant uh, difference to that. Beautiful design. Very important park entrance. Yeah. Beautiful designs. So we can move quickly through the next several items. Um, item 14 is general public comment for items not on today's agenda. Is anyone in this room here for item 14? Seeing none and no public on the line, public comment is closed. We're now on item 15, commissioners matters. Do you have any matters, commissioners? I see none. And seeing no public comment on none of these matters, public comment is closed, and we are now at 16 new business agenda setting. Commissioners, do you have any new business? I see none. Okay, and seeing no public comment, public comment is closed. Item 17, any public comment on item 17? Seeing no public comment, public comment is closed. 
Commissioners. No comments here. Any comments? Okay, great. Mm. We're now on item 18, adjournments. Oh, do you, yes. About. Okay. Have fun tonight with the port and the handover of the park. I'm going to represent us at the Randall Museum because the executive director, Chris's uh, retirement is tonight. So I've elected to go to that. Thank you for representing. Have a blast. Great. Um, I will see you there. I will be there on the uh, back end of the event after the Mission Creek event. <laughs> but thank you for, for attending. Chris is wonderful. Thank you for being everywhere, Vanita. Again, um, we are going to adjourn in the honor of Commissioner Larry Griffin, Paul Naughton, Zion Williams, and Sean Porter. And I just want to emphasize how inspired we were when we discussed people who were near the end of their lives and people who were just beginning their lives and how much incredible compassion there was. Let us never forget these wonderful people. Do I hear a motion and a second to adjourn? I'll moved. Second. All those in favor? State aye. 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 We are adjourned at 1229 p.m.